want to say hello to everybody that's listening and to thank again Josh, who Rabbi Brody, who's been a stalwart, and especially now he himself just landed uh, after a short trip to Israel and was able to see his family and his children. And uh, unfortunately, he had a feel, and I'm sure he did feel a little bit or a lot of what's going on, the reality, the stark reality of what's happening in Israel. And every single one of us is, um, is in a state of shock. You know, we're all kind of like reeling from it. And I just want to first give just, you know, just like a, a bullet point, you know, report. I'm sure of you, every one of you is probably glued and sees news, but you don't necessarily see the full news of what happens when you're here in Israel. It's not the same. And I do have to tell you that you know, I've gotten phone calls from, <clears throat> gotten phone calls from people who, you know, they listen to the news and you listen to the news. If you listen to the, to the UN narrative, and I'm, I'm not sure, CNN narrative and the New York Times narrative, the world press narrative, you see how biased and you see how the only way to describe it is a, a, a sinner, a hatred for, for our people and for our country. And uh, the way they can turn a narrative of the poor Palestinians who are being bombed by the, by the powerful Israeli Air Force, and they don't at all have any idea about what's really happening and what has happened and what has continued to happen. This is a conflict that's been going on for years and years and years, and we're dealing with ruthless, murderous terrorists who their whole purpose is to wipe us out. I hate to be so brutal, but that's really what it is. They wanna wipe us out. If they could, they would. And now we're seeing a new facet of it, which is that within our own country, the so-called loyal Israeli Arabs who are many of them citizens of the country, many of them who receive benefits from being here in the country, and they themselves have now turned into the most violent uh, terrorists who are burning shoals, burning schools, maiming, blasting us with whatever ammunition they have, including gunfire, and they've killed people. And for sure, you know, there's been a reaction by Israelis who are also hot-blooded, who are really upset. Doesn't make, doesn't mean you can just take the law into your hand. I'm not trying to say you can just take the law into your hand, but sometimes you just have to defend yourself. So I can't, you can't get into things because really we're, we're almost at it. We, we were at a point and it could still very well be and anarchist, you know, anarchy level. We hope and we pray that the government and the police and the army should be able to be able to quell the, the this this pogrom. These are pogroms. These are the same pogroms that took place in in in, in, in you know in nineteen twenty seven in in, uh, in 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 Hebron. These are the same pogroms which have taken place in. Poland and Chilomenki. These are the same programs that took place, you know, throughout the millenniums. You know, people who hate us and they want to destroy us. And there's no, there's no other way to look at it. And any narrative which somehow says that Israel is unfair and Israel is this is just completely, completely. Um, the only way I can describe it is a line that I've said many, many times. You know, the guy doesn't complain when the guy acts like a guy. 
when the guy is maiming us and holocausting us and pogroming us and inquisitioning us, no one, no one stands up for the poor Jew. But when the poor Jew, when the Jew stands up and proudly fights and it looks like he's acting like the guy, then all of a sudden the narrative becomes, you can't act like that. Okay, you can't be a you can't be a Goliath against little Davids. You're supposed to be the David who just sits back quietly and gets trampled upon. And it's it's back to the same to the old halacha, halachi ace of son of Yaakov. Famous line which I've said over many, many times that I heard Bishane Dr. Yosef Bork, who was a member of the Mizrahi party, he was a member of the Knesset, he was a member of cabinet, passed away. And he always used to say he was a person that learned Torah and he was a, a religious Jew. And uh, he said that the Gemara says, A person that learns the halacha uh, every day, it's a promise that he is going to merit Olam Haba. So he used to say, I learn this, the same halacha every single day. Every single day, I have a chazor on the shir. Halacha hi Esav son Yaakov. It's a halacha that Esav son, son Yaakov. And we say Esav, Esav includes the enemies of the Jewish people. And today, if it's the Arab terrorists, if it's the Arabs within our own midst, they have the same halacha, halacha Esav son Yaakov. So what's the scene? The scene is pretty horrific, pretty scary. We're in a war zone, real, real war zone. You know, missiles are being fired in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of missiles, hundreds of missiles. And uh, it looks really like not normal. Like we were all saying, like, what's happening? It can't be. And then on top of that, we have the riots that started. It all started with like this flame, this, this flash point of the Arabs, you know, demonstrating and then rioting. And then when they say rioting, what do they do? You know, they take boulders and they, they start throwing it at policemen and then they throw it at civilians and then they smash people's cars, they burn people's cars. And we're supposed to sit back, no? We're to sit back. And then Hamas, which was in their cynical, terrorist, political way, they saw this as a way that they could, they could, um, kill us and get away with it because they're defending the poor Arabs who are being pelted by rubber rubber bullets. And the reason why I'm being pelted by rubber bullets because they're throwing even bigger stuff against us. That's getting into the whole, you know, the, the ammunition level of it. It's just like, just like um, beyond description. And, um, and we ask ourselves, we got to ask that question. I mean, like, what is it? Where is Hashem? What does Hashem? What does Hashem want? You know, I mean, we went through COVID over a year. It looked like we were getting out of it. We are getting out of it in Israel. The rest of the world is, you know, finding their own place. Each one, each country, its own way. Kadosh Baruch gave us this big, big wake-up call. And then we had a Pesach for the first time. We would be with our children, able to get back to things that seemed to be normal. Berachos Kahanim. Lag Bomer comes, and we have this horrific, horrific uh, 45 Kurbanis, which are taken away, seemingly in a way which like, kind of like, 
oh, you know, like the writing was on the wall every year. It was dangerous, and it happened now. And and and, and it's the Haredim. They're the part. <laughs> the police were at fault. Everyone's pointing fingers, pointing fingers. As I told someone last night, who was there in Maron, who was Baruch Hashem, not affected personally by it, but he said, "Rebbe, I'm going to 24 years." Okay. And uh, for the first time, it dawned upon me, hey, you, maybe it is pretty dangerous here. You know, so the chat is that it was dangerous. I'm not saying that you shouldn't fix up those safety things, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu did this. HaKadosh Baruch Hu allowed this to happen. And today, if you really analyze things, I know that the, I heard from the Amshinova Rebbe the morning after that happened. I heard the Amshinova said something. I didn't hear from him personally. I didn't see it written anywhere. I just heard it from somebody. But now in hindsight, we're seeing what we're going through now. It makes a lot of sense what he said. He said, there was a terrible, terrible decree against the Jewish people. And really, a lot more people should have been taken. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu took these 45 tzaddikim as a kapara for Klai Yisrael. And if we take a look now, and we take a look at it, hey, we're in the 47th day, at least in my book, of the Sphere of So it's you know, 14 some odd days. Is that 14 some odd days? Yeah. 33 to 47. Yeah. That's 14 days. Am I counting correctly? My brain's not working too well. Yeah. If you have any questions. Is, what? What is that? 14 days. 14 days. Two weeks. Two weeks, Rabbi. Two weeks after the episode, the horrific, the horrific deaths of great Sadiqim. And, and now we're, we're in the midst of a war. I want to tell you something, just a little statistic. It's worthwhile to know. They are firing hundreds and hundreds of missiles every single day at places where we've never, ever seen their ability to get these missiles to. In, in the first days, we know that we had it right outside our house. When I say right outside our house, it was within, I can't say a missile's throw. It was more like a stone's throw away from, from, from hitting any place in Harnov. Karnov, scenic Karnov, like why would anything happen in Karnov? Right? But yeah, it could happen in Karnov, it could happen in Tel Aviv, it could happen in Steyrot, it could happen any place. And, um, and we're all feeling it. You know, the sirens are going off. The trauma is tremendous, tremendous trauma. But the statistic is that 90% of the missiles are either being hit by the Iron Dome missile defense system or they're falling into places which are not causing any damage or any danger, 90%. The 10% that are getting through are causing horrific damage and people have lost lives. And the fear and the trauma is beyond description because we're in a war zone. We're in a war zone. But we have to think about maybe, maybe perhaps the Ramon Islam in his infinite wisdom, because the Rebbe has the Cheshmer, we don't have the Cheshmer. We can't understand why the Rebbe is, is doing Why the Rebbe What's this whole level of, of the world being sh shaken up for over a year? And now Israel's being shaken up. Israel, which is the heart of the world, the lave of the world. But because Baruch Hu is the one that he decides What's going to be the maka and what's going to be the refuah kodim to the maka? And it could be the rabbanu made a refuah kodim to the maka, which we can't understand what kind of refuah that is because so many tzaddikim lost their lives 
But perhaps that was a kapara that was needed in order to keep us, the rest of the country, safe as best as we can. Either our karbanas, either is trauma, either thing hasn't ended, I we still don't know where we're holding in as far as we don't have a we don't have a stable government. We don't we, we have the enemies of the Arabs within. But you know what? There's one thing we have to know. They go with their their so-called might. They go with their so-called horses, their chariots. We have to raise up the voice of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's what we go with. And we have to recognize, yes, everything I'm telling you is not that we shouldn't have a defense system, that we shouldn't have, we have to have an army because that's where we're holding. And that we have to have a police force and we have to first respond and we have to dab that they should all be safe because they are doing a tremendous shlichus for the Jewish people, defending the Jewish people at this moment. But we have to recognize it's all in the hands of HaKadosh Baruch all in the hands of HaKadosh Baruch Hu with our Hishtadlis. But if we're not going to turn to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we're not going to get that lesson, that smack in the face that we need to completely, completely be somehow with him. And how does that come into play? You know, you, I'm living in New Jersey. I'm living in Florida, living in Illinois. I'm living in New York. What is one guy, how do I somehow make, how do I play a role over here? Yes, you play a role. You as an individual play a role. Your tefillahs, your mitzvahs, your maizim taifim. And for sure, everyone should do a shtadlis. You know, the shtadlis of you know, trying to stem the tide of the of the media hype, which now today has a whole different flavor that you have, like these people who have no understanding of any sense of what's really going on in the conflict in Israel. And they're, they're like, you know, media hypes, and they send out Twitters and everything else to millions of people that, that the poor Palestinian children are being trampled upon, not realizing that those poor Palestinian people are being trampled upon by their own people who use them as pawns. Let's take step another step back. You know, I've been here for a long time. A Talmud of mine met my brother in Lakewood this morning. My brother from Milwaukee made a, had a brisk for a grandson yesterday. And this is an old, old Talmud of mine. And he, 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 he picked him out and said, oh, you're Rabbi Liv's brother. I don't even know how you knew him. And then he sent him a picture, which my brother quickly sent me. It was a picture of myself taking a group of Talmudim to Panovich. And there's a picture of myself walking down the steps with Rav Shach, Satzal. And I'm talking to Rav Shach, and the guys are in the back. And uh, it was like a tremendous memory. And I, I have to tell you, I remember Rav Shach thanking me at that time during the, uh, the first Lebanese war when we took in a yeshiva, an Israeli yeshiva, into Ner Yaakov because... They were then in the in the midst of a country. They were in Rehovot. It was a Shiva Tana, and there was a lot of panic. And Rav sent the message if I could have them. We took them into the Shiva. Rav always used to thank me for it. And then I remember Rav calling me, sending a, calling me. He sent a shliach to call me during the during the um, Iraqi war when there were missiles being f- fired into Israel. Then and then it was gas attack. The the, the worry about gas attack. Rabbis, I remember the Yom Kippur War. I remember the two Leb- the three Lebanese wars. I remember the, 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 the bombings of buses throughout 
Israel when many, many guys were in the yeshiva. I remember the years when we had to have an armed guard in front of the yeshiva. I remember helicopters, attack helicopters in front of my mirpeset shooting missiles into base Lechem when Arafat was doing what he was doing. And yes, this time it feels more like we're at war because it's happening in our backyards. And it used to be like it was like further away, so to speak. But it's just a matter of HaKadosh Baruch is telling us, yes, it's in your backyards, but we're all in it together. And if we don't believe that HaKadosh Baruch is the one that's watching over us and taking care of us, and we have to turn to him, then we're missing the point. This is what HaKadosh Baruch wants us is to turn to him. And the only thing I can think about is that, you know, when HaKadosh Baruch created the world, it says, The Rebbe created the world, and the world was in Tov Avohu. It was chaos. And it says, There was the Spirit of God, which was hovering over the earth. And the Medrash says, So in the midst of the chaos, which we are now going through, we have to remind ourselves there was other chaos, chaotic events, chaotic events in the beginning of creation, chaotic events which have happened throughout the Gullus of Klal Yisrael since we left Eretz Yisrael. But HaKadosh Baruch has always been with us. Netzach Yisrael lo So when we look at chaos, what we have to say is, where is the Ruach Elokim Rachefus HaPnei And how do I attach myself to that Ruach Elokim? That's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from us. Attach yourself to the Ruach Elokim. And he's talking to me. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to myself. He's talking to me. I have to tell you one thing, you know. I, I accepted upon myself after the Maron Karbonis. Uh, some one thing I think I might have mentioned that I just I, and I've been trying to do it my best to the best of my ability. I say ten drachim of tillum a day, besides davening, trying to have more kavana. Ten drachim of tillum I say a day. Do I know that my tillum is is the antidote? But I'm not the only one that's saying tillum. I'm sorry, I'm, I can't tell you how many other people have accepted upon themselves mitzvahs and my sentiment through because of what happened two weeks ago. And if everyone would take it just a little bit, just a little bit upon themselves. Rav Shach used to say in the time of the, the wars, he said, in the Iraqi war, he said, Tilim is the word for missiles. And he said, Tehillim neget Tilim. Tehillim is the antidote corresponding to Tilim to missiles. I was at a Siam last night in, near the mirror of a, of a, a, a Talmud of a Talmud of mine who I became close to. I was at his wedding two and a half years ago and he got married. And he made a seum for the first time in his life on his 30th birthday. And his wife made a big, she wanted to make a big seum. They pushed it off. It was supposed to be two weeks ago, but two weeks ago was Marone. And then they decided you're gonna do it last night. And then we have all this thing. And everyone said, you know what, you gotta go ahead. You gotta go on with life and we have to try to make the seum. So we came came to the seum. And he finished two Masechtas the Megillah, Times, the first two Masechta, and he comes from uh, from background, FFB. His first time he finished, he finished, finished two Masechtas. And he finished, I think, 62 blood altogether. Megillah, Times, 62 blood. 
And he mentioned, he remarked that he hoped that the 62 blood or like 62 defense missiles, which are helping to stem 62, 62 missiles that are coming in. And I'm sure they are. This morning at the yeshiva, I ended up telling two boys who are not full-time students at the yeshiva. They're two boys. One of them works for Sherut Lumi. He's, a, he's a, a, first, a first aid responder. He's going to go to medical school. The other one's in, in a filmmaking school. And they kept, both came today, and we schmoozed right after breakfast. And I said, you know what? I told them over that we, you know, this is about to see him. I said, you know what? Have you guys finished a see him? So one of them said he made one see him in his life. And the other person said, I have never made a see him. And they also come from, from backgrounds. I said, you know what? I can't tell you what to do. I just said, you know what? What would happen if we would accept upon ourselves that we'll try to make a see him on the Sech the Megillah by next year Purim? And we'll start today. So I learned with them the first Mishnah, and then for the next hour and a half, they sat and learned by themselves, and they told me, Yefut Rebbe, it was just great. And these are Israeli kids, so they know how to learn. So it was like, you know, but even though they know how to learn, but they're, they're busy with a lot of other things going on. So every single one of us, if we can pick up our game, and we have to pick up our game, and we have to recognize that we're the Tsar of the Tzibur, it's incumbent upon us that we should do our best, whatever we can do, be it a parakatilim, be some tzedakah, be it a ma'isim tzedakah, be it a shir in Gemara, be it a shir in, in a halacha day, being good to people. Those are the things we have to do for the cause, because the cause is with us. This is not something which is happening in Israel. Yes, it's happening in Israel, but it's not just happening. This is a sign from HaKadosh Baruch to the entire world. And I don't want to go into trying to make everyone scary about the pipelines in America with the gas lines and Biden and everything else. You guys can work it out yourselves about how good the life is in America and where things are really heading. But we have to know one thing. It's almost Erev Shabbos and it's almost Erev Shavuos and we're going to celebrate Shavuos. And guess what? There's a statistic that I saw this morning. What number year since we got the Torah at Harsina? It's the 3,333rd anniversary of Kabbalah Satara. 3333. You know, I'm not into Gematrias and this and that, but 3333, it's got to be something about it. Shalosh, Shalosh, Shalosh. There's something to do with that. You know, Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, three others, Chazaka. But it's not just that, Rabbi. I said, listen to this concept that we have kept the Kabbalah of Torah for 3,330 years and that includes pogroms, it includes inquisitions, it includes holocaust, it includes wars, it includes the enemies that we have today. We are going to celebrate Kabbalah Satayra on Shavuos night but we have to be Makabal the Torah. We have to say, we're standing up for the Torah. And I have to tell you, when we see the horrific scenes of shuls in Lud, yeshivas in Lud, Talmud Torahs in Lud, houses in Lud, burnt by our enemies, firebombed, destroyed. So what is it? We look at it somehow, oh, this is an affront to us. It's an affront to us. Look what they're doing. Not just, it's, a, it's an affront to the Rabbani, it's a chilol Hashem to the Rabbani Shalom. The Rabbani Shalom is also involved over here. The Rabbani Shalom isn't part of this. He's not part of it. The Rabbani Shalom is all of it. 
And we have to realize when, they, when they're acting against us, they're acting against the Rabbani Shalom. So the Rabbani Shalom also takes a front to it. But he's only going to take the front that if we are with the Rabbani Shalom. And I've told this to a lot of people today. The Rabbani Shalom is watching our back for 3,330 years. He's not going to stop now. He's not stopping. He just wants us to act in a way and to ask him, defend us, take care of us. I saw, I heard this, Asi Amu sent me a tape from a Rav, a Spanish Rav, and just thank him. Just, it's worth, I can send it out to everybody. You can see it, you know, I don't know, he's a big, he's a Magid. He spoke very, very beautifully. He spoke about number one is we have to know that we can't just only just, we have been talking to Hashem and, and that's it. No, we have to all the shtadlis. We have to, when there's a siren, you have to go into the sealed rooms when there's a, 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 not to go to places where, where, where it's dangerous today. That's just the way it is. We can't just, you know, yeah, someone asked me last night, a Talmud is Rebbe, should I be going to the castle on, 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 on Shavuos morning for davening? I said, I can't answer that question right now. I can't answer that question. It's a good question. Can't tell you what to do yet. We have to see. I did tell him that I remember that there's a story of Yosef Chaim Zonnefeld, who was very, very from and very, very shimer when there were riots at the coast and they weren't letting the Arabs in. He walked to the castle by himself, supposedly, and, and, and the Rebbe, that, he's a big Balbatachim. Yeah, I've got to ask a Shaili, got to ask a Pesach what to do. I guess if you go with groups and the, and the, and the, and the, and the police are saying it's, that they're guarding it and the, and the army saying they're guarding it, then it's going to be all right. I can't tell people what to do today. But we have to know one thing. If we're Batech and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu surrounds us with Chesed. The Rambam says, when you go to war, you can only go if you're brave. The people that are fearful, they're not allowed to go to war. And the Rambam says like this, that you should know that when you're going to war, and this is what we're going right now, right now what we're in right now is a Mechemes Mitzvah. We are here defending the soldiers, the army, and all of us are on the front lines. The war is against the Jews, and this is a Mechemes Mitzvah. You should know. You're going to war with the Yichud of Hashem. Put your nefesh into his hands. Don't be afraid. You're not allowed to be afraid. Now, this is very interesting. You're not allowed to be afraid. There's a, there's a natural tendency. People are afraid when you go to war. But there's an interesting halacha. When you go to war, a soldier is not allowed to be afraid. He can't think about his wife and his children at the time. He has to completely, completely turn himself to the battle at hand, which is, I'm at war. That person that thinks about the war and it gets, gets traumatically afraid. Don't be afraid. And he even says over here, I'm gonna, you have to, it's, first of all, it's Perik Zion Halacha Tesvav in Hilchus Melachim. Everyone should look it up. And he says over there, he says, Anyone that fights with all of his heart, below pachat, tia kavanosa lekadis Hashem bavad kavanti mekadis Hashem, muftachlo shleyimtzin nezek. It's a haftochi; he will not be damaged. Lotagira, and he'll build a house. He'll be zochet to children. He'll be zochet to chayyeh olam haba. He brings a pasuk. V'hayisad nefesh adenitzur b'tzurachaim as Hashem alakacha. Rabbi said, "Now is not the time to be afraid." 
I heard from official Shechter today. I heard a sheer chizuk that they gave. It was on Torah anytime you can look it up yourselves. But I heard a sheer coming back from Yeshiva today, and he said that there was a story that happened in the times of the stipler. There was a girl, a from girl, she got married to a guy, a from Yeshiva, a Beisakov girl to Yeshiva Bacher. And they, they went into the Chedi Yichud after the Chuppah. And all of a sudden, the people that ate them were outside to hear this blood curdling screams from the girl. So they didn't know what's going on, the Kala, the Chas, what's going on, they're having a fight. So like they barged in and they saw the girl was like screaming, screaming, what was it? A mouse, like a rat had come into the room. And the guess the yeshiva guy didn't go to lesson one-on-one at the chutzen classes that what do you do when a girl has a mouse in front of her or a rat in front of her and didn't know how to deal with it. So she was screaming. And this wasn't the end of the story. So they finally got rid of the mouse. And then she decided she was in panic. She was in trauma. She cannot, there's a sign from Hashem that what? That this marriage is not going to be a good marriage. A rat came in in the middle of the Chedayichut. It's a sign from Hashem. And everyone started telling you, no, it's not a sign from Hashem. It's just a sign that your, your husband's going to end up being a, a good exterminator. He's going to have a good parnasa. Uh, another guy said, uh, no, you can't look after Baskals. We can't pask in these things. She refused to go into the dance floor. She said, it's a sign from Hashem. They ended up running, it was in Bnei, they ended up running to Bnei Brak. They ended up running to the stipler. And the stipler says, bring the kala here. They brought the culture. <laughs> everyone's waiting now. They bring it and they bring her in. And the stipler says to her, What happened? She says, What happened? And he said, So what did everyone tell you? Everyone said, No, it's not a bad sign. It's been a sign. So the stipler said, What do you feel? I feel it's a terrible sign. So the stipler said an unbelievable thing. He says, You're right. You're right. It's a terrible sign. But you know what? Even when there's terrible signs. You have to know what you have to do. There's a terrible sign, but Hashem is with you. And you're getting married. You got married to this guy. You got to go now and you got to go dance. Your halacha is to go dance. Even when there's a bad sign, you got to go dance. It's unbelievable, Misa. The stipend didn't say that it wasn't a bad sign. He said, no, it's a bad sign. But even when there's a bad sign, you have to know what your duties are. Rabbi said, there's so much more that I can tell you, but I, I, I feel like, you know, the time frame. I know I always say 45 minutes. I try to skip the 45 minutes. Should I go on? Should I go a little further? Tell me yes or no. Josh is giving that thumbs up. Go further. We go further. Okay. So I'll just like add on a little bit. You know, two points. In the beginning of, 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 of the Parsha, Parsha's by Midbar, it's a point that I said over many, many years ago. I just was looking at it. The Pasuk says that Hashem says to Moshe, B'midbar Sinai, listen to these words, B'midbar Sinai, the desert of Sinai, B'olam Moed, in the, the meeting tent, B'echad l'chaydesh Hashemi, to the first of the second month. What's the second month? We know the month starts from Nisan. Second month is Iyar. This is the first of the month of Iyar. Rosh Chodesh Iyar. B'shon Hashemis on the second year. The Orchaim HaKadosh Esther Kasha. Rechaim HaKadosh says, that the parallels of place and time seem to be a little bit out of place. Because in the beginning it says, Bemidbar Sinai, so in the place, what do we talk about? We talk about the larger place, the Midbar. And then we speak about the smaller place, which is in the Oomoid. When we speak about the time, we speak about the first day of the month, and then we speak about the, excuse me, the first day of the second month of the second year. 
So we start out with the smaller and we go to the larger. Really, the Pusik should have said, what do we have? Continuous. It should have said, then it could have said, smaller to bigger. Why does it start out with big and then it goes to small? And in time, it speaks about, speaks about the, um, the smaller and then it goes on to the bigger. So the Archaim, he hints to these words. I'm going to tell you the way I worked it out based upon the Archaim. We take a look and we see a desert. What do we see? Sahara Desert, Mojave Desert, uh, Sinai Desert. What do we see? All we see is vast sand dunes and mountains, and there's nothing growing there. It's, it's, it's so big, it's so large. And then we come to an Olamoid. Olamoid, how big was the Olamoid? We're learning now the sugyas of like different orders of the Beis Amigdash and the Dante Yomi. Oh, Moed is a small little place on a little mountain. Oh, Moed. In space, you should know one thing. What's the Iker? The Iker is not the Midbar. The Iker is the Oh, Moed. So it go, it's, the truth is, is that the larger place in a spiritual dimension is the Oh, Moed. The Midbar is small. The Midbar has nothing except that it had the Olamoid. The Midbar had, the Midbar was vast. What did it have? It had Sinai, a small little mountain. The Midbar Sinai. The main thing was Sinai. The main thing was Olamoid. In time, it goes progression. First day of the second month of the second year. Because the second month and the second year are larger places. In time, time is moving. But in place, Rabbi Sai. in physical stature, the main thing is the spiritual stature. Rabbi said, there's a battle going on, a battle over the Harabayas, a battle over our Jewish nation. They're trying to destroy us. So what's our battle plan? She asked me, through all the shtadlis, we have to have defense missiles. We have to have first aid responders. We have to have police force. We have to defend ourselves. But we have to realize what the main thing is, is the Olamoid. What's, what's, what's HaKadosh Baruch telling us? Why is there the flashpoint at the Harabayas? What does Rabbanu Shalom want from us? He wants us Migdash. He wants our Migdash. Our Migdash Ma'at. Our Migdash Ma'at is our Tfilas, our Bakoshas, our Shabbos. Whatever we can do to enhance and to think, to pray for our people, that our people should be safe. When a base Knesset is destroyed, it's a Chilol Hashem. It's a Chilol Hashem. And the world doesn't look at it as a Chilol Hashem. I saw pictures of, of and taking out the Sifrei Torah from that Shul and Lud, and my heart was broken. But what can I do? What can we do? Each one of us can shoot a missile. We can shoot a missile, Rabbi Isai. One till him, another till him. All I can say is one thing. I know what I do now. As soon as when I hear that there's sirens wherever they are, and there are literally dozens of them, I do my best, whatever I'm doing, to stop and to say, till him. One parak, another parak, however I can do it. So what can we do now? We can stop the shmooze and we can send some missiles. So let's say one could pick off Tilim with a little bit of kavana, tov ma'at, tov ma'at be kavana, me'har be kavana. And that way, 
we hope and we pray. I want to wish everybody, it should be for everybody, all of us. We're all in it together. We all feel it. We all feel the, 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 the sorrow. We feel the horrific events that are going on, but we have to recognize everybody. Say, don't be afraid. Don't be a fear. Recognize that Kodesh Baruch is with us. He's watching our back 3,330 years. We've been with him and he's been with us. He's not letting up on us. We don't let up on him. Shir HaMalois. So ina yelodim we should hear good news from each other and wishing everybody a good Shabbos and a good Yontif and hopefully we'll see each other with Mashiach Tzidkenu Thank you for listening to this Foundation's podcast production. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment. Thank you and have a wonderful day.